We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. NBA Most Valuable Player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Hey there, welcome to Binge the Bucks, a special narrative podcast series focusing on the Milwaukee Bucks 2019 playoff run and part of the Eurostep podcast. I'm Ty Windish, and I'm here with Rohan Kadi to break down the second game in the first series in the Bucks 2019 playoff run, a 120-99 stomping of the Detroit Pistons. This podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, and the Eurostep is proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Rohan, we're through two games now in this series after, kind of after this podcast. I guess this podcast covers the second game. So the Bucks have won two games. They've won them both by 20-plus. But before we get there, going into game two, you want to set the stage for us a little bit? Yeah. So the Pistons, as we covered on the last podcast, got absolutely destroyed. Uh, they lost by 35 points, uh, and it was just... He was not good, so Dwayne Casey decided to go with a little bit of a change. Uh, he took Luke Kennard, uh, who had scored 21 points, was leading the leading the team in scoring, and decided to put him in the starting lineup so the Pistons could actually, you know, float for a little bit. Um, so he was replacing Bruce Brown in the starting lineup. Otherwise, everything was the same. Everything was the same from the Bucks end, and it was. It was expected that the Bucks would sort of win big after their uh, after game one. Everyone just sort of realized that the series was over. As we'll get into later, it's sort of like Paul Pierce, but he was right uh, <laughs> sort of thing because it was just it was over after game one. And this this game, it, it sort of felt like that too. Again, 
Yeah, it did. Uh, with a little bit of a, a little bit of a wrinkle, we'll get there. But it it certainly at the end of game two, I think nobody was really surprised with with how anything had gone. But first to start the first quarter, the Bucks post thirty eight points for the second consecutive first quarter of the series. Jump out to a thirty eight to twenty seven lead. Uh, early inside out work was good for the Bucks. Milwaukee was creating off of dribble penetration, either scoring or dishing to shooters. But Detroit was able to make some shots. I mean, obviously, they're, they're not down as much as they were last time. Uh, Andre Drummond did some cleanup work. Reggie Jackson opened up some space. And I think probably my biggest takeaway from this first quarter of this game, I miss Brooke Lopez just pulling and making threes a lot because that certainly happened more last year. And he only had one made three in this game. It did come in that first quarter. It wasn't a huge Brooke Lopez game. But the Bucks did destroy in his minutes. He had a plus twenty-seven in this one. Yeah, it was it was so nice to see Brooke making threes. Like, do you, I don't want to admit how many times I've watched last year's highlights uh, against the Nuggets where he hit like nine threes. Oh um, God, Brooke Lopez games are fun. Brooke it, Lopez, like, so if you don't fun. enjoy a Brooke Lopez eruption, a Splash Mountain eruption, I just don't know what to tell you. I don't. We we vibe differently. Yeah, no, it's just, it's beautiful. Like, it's different this season, but last, oh, he was just making so many threes. It was beautiful. Um, but yeah, that one made three he had was great. Uh, he actually plays, a, like, the most minutes in the first quarter. He plays a solid 10 minutes, 11 seconds out of 12 possible. But the Pistons actually got out to a decent start. I think at one point they had, like, a 13-12 to 12 lead um, mm-hmm. in this first quarter, which sort of... It was way better of a start than last game, but I don't think they could possibly have gotten worse. But, you know, yeah. it, was, it was good to see them actually, you know, doing the thing, do, scoring the basketball, you know, like, go them. And they were playing decent defense. Uh, Giannis only had seven points in the first period uh, compared to his 11 in game one, which I guess, you know, is is a little bit of a win. Yeah. But for the Bucks, Eric Bledsoe absolutely got going. He did not miss mm-hmm. a shot. In the first quarter, he went four for four, including two of two from three. Uh, he had 12 points, and that almost matched his total from game one just in the first quarter alone. And he was really the difference that uh, let the Bucks get an 11-point lead after the first quarter. It was just, it was very nice to see him get going after, after like, at this point, it was him trying to exercise his demons from the Boston series in the year before. And so it was nice to see a good Eric Bledsoe playoff performance. Yeah, it was. I mean, this game was ends up being pretty tantalizing. The Bucks, all three of the Bucks' big three, end up going off eventually. And they, like you said, it kind of they kind of staggered it. it. Certainly, bled early was great, although he was good throughout this game. Um, did you have any other first quarter stuff? Uh not really. The second quarter, dramatic. The one quarter of this game, the the Pistons win, and they win it big. Detroit wins the second quarter, thirty-two to twenty. I have Pistons take a lead at halftime. With two exclamation points in my notes. Um, Barely a lead, but still a lead. Although, I I think we talked last pod about Nikola Mirotic being awfully disappointing. A lot of that second quarter run was when Nikola Mirotic was basically the Bucs center. And Brooke Lopez was off the floor. Uh, As I said, Brooke Lopez ends up, at the end of the day, with the best plus minus in the game. Plus 27. Meanwhile, Mirotic is a minus 3 and Milwaukee's eventual huge win. In this game, wait for this stat line, two points, one for five from deep, zero made threes, three rebounds, one assist, two fouls. So as many fouls as points, just 
not able to do a whole lot. Um, and then Detroit's shot making continued happening. Luke Kennard still hitting jumpers. He led this team in scoring again. So kind of a good play by Dwayne Casey to start him. Although, of course, it doesn't end up completely swinging. But luckily, we had uh, some Chris Middleton cooking in this quarter to not completely let the this thing get away from the Bucks. Yeah, Luke Kennard actually played the entire second quarter. Uh, oh, all 12 nice. minutes of it. But one thing that really stood out to me was the Bucks had seven turnovers in the second quarter. Sloppy. Yeah, they just, yeah, exactly. They just got sloppy with it. They got a little too careless. Like, they, they got in their own heads like they already won the series. And it was, if I'm, rem- correct me if I'm wrong, but second quarter seemed to be just not great for the Bucks last season. But, like, just generally? Yeah, just generally. Yeah, I think that's right. And it kind of makes sense, right? Because they only had the one center. Yeah, So I feel like that true. was, like, there was a lot of Brooke Lopez sitting in that quarter. Mm-hmm. You, I forgot Wait. that, like, they didn't have a second center because they traded John Henson. Yeah. John Henson was, was on this team at one point last year. That's, it's still, well, yeah, it's still hard for me to believe some of those trades and when that happened. Like, I always mm-hmm. think that they acquired Bledsoe for this year. No, they Wait, had Matthew they... Delvadova at the start of the season. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it... Forced God, you know, torn, uh, uh, turned them both into George Hill. What a guy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just, yeah, like in the second quarter, it was just the, bu- uh, yeah, the Bucks sort of being careless and the Pistons sort of like locking in for probably their best quarter of the series. No, definitely their best quarter in the entire series. Yeah, no, by far it was. Um yeah, it was the one the, their biggest win of a quarter all series. Although one of my favorite things, Don, Don did some some okay stuff this quarter. Uh, Don ended up. I mean, he didn't have any great stat lines. He puts up six points and three rebounds, which is, uh, excuse me, two rebounds, three assists. A very Don stat line. Two blocks, like a, some flashy stuff, but not a lot of the stuff you really need. Your your center or your your big guy to do. Mm-hmm. Giannis absolutely smokes one of his attempted dunks or layups after Thon had gotten a pretty nice dunk to fall earlier, um, and that was that was fun to watch. Like I like I talked about last time, Giannis uh, usually has some some desire. It feels like to to play really well against guys who used to be on his team, especially bigger guys who are going to kind of match up with him, and he. Uh, he sent that Don shot to about the fifth row, it felt like. Yeah, no, I think one of his blocks came in the second quarter where he got it on Giannis. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then Giannis immediately after, because, you know, it had gone out of bounds, so it was the Bucks' possession. Uh, for oh, his, he did. For his, yeah. only, uh, for his only field goal made in the entire quarter, it was Giannis just bullying Thon down to the basket and just rising up and dunking it over his head. Yeah, just I, I misspoke earlier. He uncorks a dunk on him, not a, a block on him. But yeah, it was it was that was a fun a fun time. That but was, the quarter it was overall so was not... mean, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> I love Giannis mean dunks, honestly. He was just like Okay, I'm I'm so much stronger than you. You are going into the basket if I want you to. Like Okay, this is this is a hypothetical question. Do you think uh last year's Giannis could lift last year's Thon with one hand and put him into the basket. I don't know about one hand. If only because, like... Well, he's, like, 50 pounds. No, he is, but logistically, like, he's so tall and lanky, it would be hard to lift him with just one hand. I mean, Thon is... I guess he's 221, but... 
Okay, fine. Two hands. Do you think Giannis could pick up Thonmaker yes. and put him in the basket? Absolutely yes with two hands. Yeah. I think Giannis could throw me. And I'm not small. But I think Giannis could like pick me up and like hurl me. No, he's so strong. Like Thonmaker yeah. is seven what he's over seven foot, right? Or he's I think he's seven one. Seven but he one. Might Let's not say. Be. I th- oh wait, he's listed at seven feet, but he's seven one, I think. And like seven foot two hundred plus. And he's just like the walking backwards and just Thon's just flying all over the place for that dunk. It was just beautiful. That was that was one of two great highlights in the game. You hinted at the other one that happened in the third quarter. But yeah. it was just that that I didn't realize that that was Giannis's only made field goal in the quarter cuz Giannis actually had a rough second quarter. He Yeah, no, that was no go ahead. Uh, he he went 1 for 5 from the field and just he had three turnovers. It was not he wasn't getting a good whistle if I remember correctly. Mm-mm. No, he wasn't. Yeah, it was just like we need to make this game somewhat competitive, maybe. I remember getting frustrated about it. Um, yeah, but which is funny considering how well the first five quarters of the series had went. But right away, like, oh, come on. Yeah, so, yeah, the Pistons go into the half with a one-point lead. And, you know, credit to them. They actually got a lead on the Bucks at halftime. Yeah, they did. But uh, I would not uh, bet on them holding that lead very long. And speaking of betting... With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on right now, but you would be wrong in thinking that. BetOnline.ag slash hundreds of places to wager. They have an online casino with poker and blackjack, and they're all open 24 hours a day, and they're all completely online. And sports aren't totally done either. There's still mixed martial arts, and esports is on the rise. Plus, there's entertainment to wager on. You can bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. All you got to do to get a little extra money to bet is use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your new ticket to online action. So let's get to this third quarter. Uh, Like this season's third quarters, this is a fun one for the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks win... 35 to 17 take the lead back and and hold it really in big fashion something i forgot to note last pod that happened again this one a timely Giannis three-pointer what kind of helped the bucks take the lead back in this run he made one each in each of these first two games but him making threes is not completely new development but certainly he's come a long way from his uh old three-point shooting stroke oh yeah for sure it almost it, his three-point shot reminded me of Ursan's in this game, mm. and that's not really a compliment. This is why the Bucks needed Calicor. Yep. So it's just it's like we mentioned on the last pod. This this Bucks team got so much better than they did like compared to last season, and you know part of that's personnel, and that's we're seeing that with Giannis's three-point shots so far this season. Um, but yeah, it was just it. I just remember getting so excited every time Giannis made a three. It was mm-hmm. just, and now it's just normal, you know. Yeah, like I still ish. get, like I still get a little bit excited, you know. But it's not like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's not like a earth shaking moment, you know. No, it's not like Ben Simmons taking a jumper or anything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. It isn't a national headline. Nah, honest, it's not it, getting. Even it's attempts. not getting uh, the fun Bleacher Report edits or anything. No. Um. But yeah, one thing I 
didn't forget and I didn't really remember until uh, watching the third quarter of this game was how annoying Andre Drummond was. Like he was just whining all the time mm-hmm. and acting like he was the best player on the court when he was probably at this point in the game at best the seventh best player on the court. Oh, oh Like Luke Kennard was obviously better than him. Thon Maker was doing better than him. Like he was at least showing some effort. Wayne yeah. Ellington was doing things. Reggie Jackson was doing things. Andre Drummond might have been the worst starter on the Pistons in this game. But he mm. he was just acting so wide. There was an, a, he tried to flop on Giannis yep. so I, I, bad. He should have gotten <laughs> a fine for that. He should have. He should have at least gotten warned. Yeah, Giannis. So Drummond flops very obviously. Giannis hammers one home. He dunks hard with no no resistance, of course, and he kind of shrugs on his way back up the court. And it's just another one of those great, like Giannis somewhat heel turn moments of like, you know, Giannis is really just does not care what anybody is feeling, what everybody is thinking. Like Giannis is playing his game, and he's gonna react accordingly with based on how he feels about what's going on and. I think this really, this part of the story of this third quarter is Giannis does just completely take over. I mean, you talked about not the greatest first quarter, pretty bad second quarter. Giannis still ends up with 26 points, 12 boards, four assists, two blocks, five turnovers, and four fouls isn't the greatest. But still, that's all in just 29 minutes. He shoots 61% from the field. So he had himself a game. And then Eric Bledsoe, who had a good third quarter as well, really used the space around Giannis well. Bled actually leads the team in scoring with 27 points, four rebounds, three offensive, six assists, three steals, one block, just one turnover, and three made threes. No buck made more three-pointers than Eric Bledsoe, and he had three of the total 11 made threes from Milwaukee. These are just wild numbers to consider we're talking about Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs, but he was phenomenal in this game. No, yeah, just get, uh, yeah, getting back to the third quarter, like Giannis had 13 points, and next highest for the Bucks was five between Pat Connaughton, Bledsoe, and Sterling Brown. Hmm. It was just, he, uh, what I wrote down was that Giannis was just like, yeah, this isn't happening. Cute story, taking a lead at the half, but I'm the MVP, <laughs> and this is my house. Yeah, yeah. there was, that was uh, certainly there was the a feeling. funny moment in this quarter. When I was rewatching it, so it was the I think there was I can't remember the exact time, but uh, Sterling uh, wait yeah Sterling Brown scored off an inbounds um, because the Pistons ran an elevator door set for Sterling Brown. Oh yeah yeah so um, normally if you're not familiar <laughs> with the terms, uh, it's sort of the offense runs the sets for their offensive players, not the defense. Uh, so in, on this play, I think it was George Hill inbounding the ball as a side out. And Sterling Brown cuts through two pistons to the basket, but after he cuts, the pistons close and don't let the defender get through. So just Sterling Brown is open at the basket. He's sort of like, when he catches the ball, because he's wide open, he sort of like double clutches it because he's like, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm supposed to be this open on an inbound. <laughs> yes, he did. He was, he was unexpected. To, he clearly was not expecting the play to work that well. No, because, hey, you know, credit to the Pistons. You know, they're trying to run sets. They're trying to get Sterling Brown developed because, <laughs> you know what? Sterling Brown's probably going to be on the Pistons soon. So it's oh, just, you know, <laughs> you know, credit to them. They're getting an early jump on their player development. Um, That's hilarious. But yeah. Shout out to Sterling, though. Another good yeah, Sterling but game. But that play was just a perfect, perfect encapsulation of the series. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Three-fourths of the series, except for the one quarter per game the Pistons won. And this was, like we said, their, their most decisive win. Um, but, yeah, I think, again, like one of my notes from this quarter is like, Detroit still just could not get good shots reliably. At the comfort level, after that rocky second quarter, it was all back to the Bucks when they were playing a lot more Brook Lopez and, and going through Giannis more, and, and they obviously are comfortable doing that. Detroit just was unable to get consistent good looks, and they had to rely so much on like Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard just creating something out of really not much, really nothing. And then Andre Drummond would like finish lobs or like clean up an offensive rebound or whatever, but really it just did not seem like they were able to get consistent clean looks and again like I said last pod really really hard to beat the Bucks that way exactly it was just yeah this third quarter was just it was it was a normal bloodbath for the series they win the quarter by 18 points and that's just you know that's normal yeah and then in the fourth quarter the Bucks a little bit slimmer margin but again there was some garbage time at play the Bucks win the Fourth quarter, 27-23 to to finish off holding home court, winning the first two games of the series. Uh, oh, this was the Giannis block I was talking Yes, we off, both missed book. You said it was in the second quarter. I said it was in the third quarter, but it was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, uh, so Bond yeah, but, gets a nice dunk. Yeah. Uh, in fairness to him. In, in traffic, but he, he gets a nice, a nice flush, and he comes back soon after for a second one, and that is when Giannis absolutely destroys an attempt up by... Mm. Python and, and that's the the third row block I was referring to earlier. I got my notes mixed up a little bit, but that play was a lot of fun. Yeah, poor Thon. He thought he had shaken himself <laughs> free, and then he used yeah. his noodle arms to try and extend to the basket. But Giannis <laughs> was just like, nah, nah, no, I don't think so. Like you, you thought you so, beat Thon. me. Actually, credit to the Pistons again. They actually made the Buck starters play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, like it, it, they didn't play a lot, but you know they know what. They play. One of my one of my notes was garbage time. Not until the last few minutes. Progress for Detroit. <laughs> are we are we being too mean? No, I I think I think if you look at the final scores of these games, and again the Bucks win this one, uh, one twenty to ninety nine. I I think we're being accurate. And again, we need to have our fun while we can. But uh, regardless, this this quarter, Reggie Jackson made a real difference in this game. Uh, Reggie Jackson put up. 18 points, 8 assists, 3 rebounds, shoot 7 for 16 from the field. It's good game. Good Reggie Jackson game. Only one turnover, so 8-1 to one assist to turnover ratio. But he did not make enough of a difference, and he did not make as much of a difference as Eric Bledsoe. And I think, you know, if Eric Bledsoe is going to outplay your, your best or second best guy for the Bucks, usually that's not a great sign for your team. No, it's not. But I, I'm... I'm I'm struggling to think of good things. So like I mean, at least compared to the first game where Luke Kennard was clearly like you know the best player on the team, like at least um, at least Reggie Jackson, like you said, was scoring. Andre Drummond was scoring a little bit. Hey, credit to Andre. He was only a minus thirty-two in this game instead of a minus forty-five. <laughs> you know, improvement. Um, oh man. And you know he actually he he was the second leading scorer on the team. You know, eighteen points. You know, credit to Andre Drummond. Uh, yeah. It took him 37 minutes to get there, but uh. <laughs> I think uh, I think you could visibly see in this game, and especially the red like Reggie Jackson heating up was really good for Andre Drummond. I mean, they'd played together for a few years now, and you can kind of see like a lot of what made like a lot of Andre Drummond scoring. It's kind of contingent on like Reggie Jackson opening up space and getting to the mid range and and drawing defenders, help defenders away from Andre, so Andre could either 
you know, clean up a red you missed or just get a lob or whatever. So I think that made a big difference. That was kind of the reason Andre, I think, looked better in this game was Reggie also looked better. They kind of go together, it felt like. Um, but, yeah, one of the things I noted was watching Langston Galloway and Ish Smith sometimes try to defend Chris Middleton was hilarious. We all know how Chris Middleton loves to post up smaller players and go to work. And in this game, Chris bounces back in, in a pretty strong way. I mean, he ends up with 24 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, shoots 7 for 15 from the field, 2 for 6 from deep. So in this game, he makes 5 shots within the arc instead of just 2. And also draws 8 free throw attempts and sinks all 8 of them, which not a lot of Bucks are making 8 free throws in any given game. So that was certainly helpful as well. But yeah, I mean, there's not, not a ton here. We should shout out Pat Connaughton. Probably his best playoff game ever. Yeah. Planet Pat in 31 minutes puts up 18 points, nine rebounds, three assists, and four blocks. It's just it was a classic Planet Pat game. Like Pat Connaughton taking 10 shots in a playoff game, you would think Hilarious. that something Hysterical. went very wrong. Uh, well, it did for Detroit. It did. It did. You're right. But like in the context of this 1920 season, if Pat Connaughton's taking 10 shots in the playoffs, like you'd think like oh just. Every, so many people are injured but last season it was like oh yes play all the pat minutes he he shoots 80 percent from the, the field <laughs> yeah. two or three from three it was nice to see pat making some threes actually like him and brooke lopez like watching him, those two make threes was actually refreshing but it also kind of like, sad because uh, you know that yeah. they're capable of doing it but then just chose to like forget how to shoot a basketball this season um but yeah pat Connaughton plays 31 minutes you know 18 points like it's just it's wild he had the what's well, kind of he had the third best this, plus minus on the team yeah i mean he was just straight up good in this game mm. he had the classic um, planet pad play where he blocks the three and then leaks out for the dunk mm-hmm. beautiful planet pad stuff watching this i was kind of reminded of this doesn't hasn't really happened this the most recent season as much but that that year there really was kind of a like bud really going with the hot hand guy between Pat C and uh, Sterling Brown, obviously without the injury, and not really Brogdon as much, but like Tony Snow was kind of in that group of like sometimes he plays, sometimes he didn't, and it was funny to remember that like Pat would play a lot this season if he was playing well. It was kind of like you know if you're if it's like I said hot hand, like if your heat checks are falling, you're gonna get more minutes, and we see Pat plays the third most minutes on the team because every heat check he took was a make and really just peak planet pat in this one it's one of the one of the thing like interesting and kind of agonizing things about pat's game is like this flashes and usually it's not you know a whole 31 minutes like this but this was like the most extended period where you can see like why there have been teams like the trailblazers when they drafted him and stuff that were really high on pat Connaughton because there are moments when he puts it all together and you can just see like he has everything you need to be a good player but it's just like the it, it comes and goes a little bit. Decision making can be eh sometimes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But just right here, an all-time game from Pat C. and and really fun to watch him do this. It was just like a nice like kind of side thing. Like while everything else is going right for the Bucks, you also get to watch Pat C. just go off. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Sterling Brown kind of took a little step back from his great game one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's because, you know, we had uh, the big three went off and also Pat Connison went off. So there's not a lot of shots to go around, really. That and I mean, if, if Sterling Brown had this game today, we'd probably be pretty excited. 
Oh, we'd be very excited about it. That's just, yeah. uh, like we mentioned in the last pod, it's just, it's weird to see how far he's fallen. He's He's been the victim of the Bucks just getting so much better. Yeah, yeah, he really has. It's kind of just how it goes. But um, in looking at the series vibe, I think this was an interesting time. We are on the eve of, of Blake Griffin rejoining, rejoining the Pistons. It was kind of talked about, like, will he or won't he play this postseason? And I vividly remember thinking and saying, probably on, on the Eurostep, on Twitter, wherever else, I don't think he should play. Like, I don't think it's going to be good. And this wasn't just, like, you know, Buck's perspective. Like, like earlier this year, I was posting a lot about how the Lakers need to play Rondo way more and Caruso not at all. Like, I'm just saying that because I think Caruso is better than Rondo and I, I want the Bucks to beat the Lakers. But this was, like, seriously, like, the series is over. The Bucks have the 0-2 lead now. I don't think Blake is going to make that much of a difference, but... Is this worth jeopardizing his health? But credit to Blake. He is a gamer. He would end up coming to make his appearance in Game 3. And just as Blake debuted in the series, we are going to have a, uh, a special guest debut in the uh, the recap, the binge the Bucks of Game 3. So that'll be something to look out for. But yeah, that, that was, I remember, the big series vibe on my mind was, is Blake really going to come back for this? Yeah, it was... The thought process was just like, one, his health, first and foremost. Because mm-hmm. we saw, looking back, how it played out this season where he had season-ending surgery. Um, was it knee surgery? I can't remember. Uh, I think it always yeah, is it's always, with Blake. It's always knees with Blake Griffin. It was actually kind of a little set disheartening because uh, actually earlier today, you know, ESPN on Twitter is just posting a lot of highlights because, you know, what what else are they supposed to cover? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it was just like Blake Griffin Lob City highlights. Ooh, and it was just it was a it was very it was very fun to see because Prime Blake was just a monster. There was I think the first play in that video was Eric Bledsoe throwing a lob to Blake Griffin, which is like just like wow, <laughs> taking it back. <laughs> what the? I forgot is, Eric Bledsoe was that, on the Clippers. Yeah, that sentence just broke me for a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe throwing a lob to Blake Griffin in L.A. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait, what? You think that's like uh, two seasons from now, the Lakers trying to use up the last whatever they have of LeBron. Oh, uh, oh yuck. Yeah. Uh, ooh, I might have just put something in something in the universe that I'm not happy about. Um, I, I, I'm not ready for that Photoshop. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, yeah, first and foremost, Blake Griffin's health. Uh, and then second, like, is it really going to make that much of a difference? Because we had seen in the regular season that the Bucks just dominated the Pistons even with Blake Griffin playing really well. And we forget that Blake Griffin had a really, really good season. He made third-team All-NBA, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like, he had a really good season for the Pistons. And it's just like, does it even matter? Um, spoiler alert, the Bucks win this series. Um, <laughs> but I guess next time we will talk about, with our special guest, how much Blake Griffin actually made an impact on the series. Yeah. And honestly, it was probably good for Pistons fans and, and everyone there to get to see their best player play again. I mean, it doesn't end up swinging the series. I mean, I'm, but sure, still, I'm sure Blake really wanted to play. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he clearly he's a competitor. He did. He was, he was out there hobbling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was. he's going to have some annoying moments, uh, but certainly you can't question the, the gamerism in it all. I mean, that's. He clearly did not have to do that, but he he certainly did, and I thought, I think it was a very cool thing to do, it, despite maybe not being the best long term decision. Still, like in that moment, it was it was badass. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on this game? 
I think I'm through all of them mm. now. I think that's all I've got. Yeah, but one, oh wait, once again, credit to the Pistons. You almost made Giannis play 30 minutes. <laughs> almost. Yep. Almost got there. But if you don't have anything else, Ty, I think that'll wrap us up on this game two of the first round series of the Binge the Bucks edition of the Eurostep. And we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode. If you really did enjoy it, leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice and tell people about it. You know, people have a lot of time on their time on their hands because they should be social distancing. Uh, you know what? Maybe they want to. Maybe they're Bucks fans who just really want to, um, you know, relive the glory days of last postseason. Because who knows about this postseason? Or if they're a Pistons fan who's self-loathing and just hates themselves um, and wants to relive this series. Actually, but you know what? We covered the bright spots for the Pistons too. Um, but yeah, Reggie Jackson had a moment. Come yeah, on. Reggie Jackson had a moment. Andre Drummond improved on his plus minus. <laughs> he was only a minus 32. Um, classic Andre Drummond game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, next, next time we will have a very special Pistons guest. So if you are a Pistons fan, stay tuned for the next episode of binge the bucks. Um, but from Ty and I would like to thank you for listening to this episode again check out all of the Blue Wire podcasts we're all pushing out content because we know you guys want it during these trying times but I guess we'll talk to you next time and thank you for listening